I don't think it's news to anyone that if you want to achieve your goals, you need to set intentions and you need to be proactive about it. There, finished. Ah, but how many of us actually do it? Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk because we don't need to debate why we need to set our intentions. We need to learn how, and today's guest is going to help you do just that. A pocket-sized pep talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Brian Smith is the founder and senior managing partner of IA Business Advisors, a management consulting firm that he's worked with more than 18,000 CEOs, entrepreneurs, managers, and employees worldwide. Together with his daughter, Mary Griffin, he's authored his latest book, Individual Influence, Finding the I in Team, and shares how to become our best self with everyone we influence. I love the title. And I really wanted to talk about this book. Glad to have you with us. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So let's dive right in. And I want to start with the book, Individual Influence, Finding the Eye and Team. So, you know, a lot of times we don't find a book, it finds us. So how did this book find you and your daughter? Yeah, it found uh, it found me our, out of our body of work. Uh, we do a lot of work with humans and human interaction with technology and each other. And we've experienced a tremendous amount of conflict, not with just each other, but also with self. So really it came from our body of work over the last 25 to 30 years, uh, watching technology and watching humans change as technology changes. As for my daughter, Mary, um, she came out of college uh, with a degree in English. I was writing a book. So I said, how about you help me edit and write this? And we found out that we work amazingly well together. So uh, she joined the company and we started writing together in 2018 and haven't stopped since. That's great. Uh, You know, what a nice thing. First of all, I'm smiling because I've got three kids of my own. And I'm sitting there with thinking English major. I I, I had a, a theater major, but who's found some really interesting work. But what a blessing to be able to um, take that and then be able to not only work together, but find out that you're as compatible as you are. Because as we both know, you know, we, you know, sitting around and having cereal at the table isn't really the same as working together on a business project. So. Wow, what a what a what an interesting um, you know good fortune for you two. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it has been, and we've both been very blessed, and so have her siblings and uh, her mother, my wife. It's really uh, become something that has brought the family together. Also, we have very different conversations once we started doing this work and we started writing about the topics that's in our book and the things that we're trying to uh, teach and to push to be more mainstream and to be more part of human interaction on an everyday basis. Excellent. You know, my, my wife um, edits my, what I call blog articles, my blog articles, but I've been writing them for almost 14 years and I get two a month. And in a sense, because she edits them, it's brought us a, a completely different vocabulary and conversation because there's so many topics now that we share that 
never happened before. So I kind of came in through the back door, but I, I do get what you mean. Um, and I, I, anyway, I'm, uh, good for you, uh, that you're, you're a very blessed and fortunate man. Okay. All right. So as I mentioned in the offing, in the opening, we all set goals and with the intention of achieving them, but you write that unfortunately far too often there are barriers and setbacks that, that hijack us from these goals. Let's talk about some of those barriers and setbacks. Uh, tell me, uh, uh, you know, cherry pick a, a couple of the big ones and then even as important, if not more important, tell me how we're going to combat them. I think the number one uh, barrier we have with our intentions is life itself. It is so fast. Things are happening so quickly in our lives and we are so laser focused on our jobs or our children or our spouses or whatever it is that is capturing our influence and attention at the moment that we lose track of our intentions we lose track of our goals and um setting them as as we talk about setting them is the first step developing the tactics is the second step but really that's the number one thing that gets in the way of intentions is just life and 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 the context of that to each of us is different because uh, each of us has experienced a different journey, but we all have one thing in common. Life moves fast. We get laser focused on that life. And regardless, until we decide to elevate the intention and make that intention part of that fastness in our world of influence, it generally gets blown by, sideswiped. Uh, gone around or put on the shelf and forgotten about yeah okay and you know in the opening i said we, we all want to do it we know we need to do it but we don't always do it uh so i'm with you so far big question is so how do you come how do you combat life how do you combat life getting in the way yeah our biggest chapter in our book is called slow down and uh we talk about how to slow down in different ways and humans are so different there's no one size fits all one of the things we're most proud about is our book is not a you know here's one way of doing it and if you do it this way you're going to be successful here's two ways of doing it, and if you do it this way it's successful it's going to be a journey and that journey starts with slowing down understanding what makes you go fast understanding what is influencing you to have behaviors that you do. And then once you understand those, looking at ways to battle things like environmental urgency, you know, people barging into your office or people that can interrupt you or uh, being in this subconscious mode, this comfortable focus, what gets you in that focus? Why are you in that focus? Um, and then am I a, an immediate gratification person or do I have a different path to gratification? And if we don't understand what that means, we never really get there. Uh, even with immediate gratification, that gratification is immediate, but those type of people move by it and move on to something else and something else and something else. They always seem to be chasing something. So uh, the slowdown aspect is the foundation of setting intentions. Yeah. That makes sense. What about emails? Because uh, emails, you know, I see you laughing. I'll, I'll leave it at right that. Talk to me about emails because they absolutely just blitzkrieg um, our thoughts and our intentions and our goals and our actions. Talk to me about that. And how do we get around that? Because 
I don't know about you, but uh, I'm getting 70 to 80 a day. Yeah. So emails are right up there next to text messages, right? Mm. Or Teams messages or whatever way you message. And uh, for us, we recommend time blocking or some type of task blocking. Some people call it time blocking or task blocking. Um, setting aside time to focus on those things. That takes a little bit more discipline because what do you do with it outside of that blocking time? A lot of people say, well, I'll minimize it and put it in the corner, but it'll still distract you. Yeah. Um, identifying that you have an environmental urgency that is called email and how that environmental uh, environmental urgency influences you is where you need to start. So if the distraction is the, t the ding or uh, the focus on the screen, take it out of your out of your area of influence and set an influential tone or something that opens it up in that block of time and puts it in front of you and allows you to focus on it at a time when you can give it your intention and you can be intentional about your email and whatever is in that email. And when that time is up, move on. And um, that's usually the way that we work through that with clients to start. Yeah. I, I coached a client of a real estate agent who was um, had a terrible time. And, you know, there, there's numbers out there. You know them better than I. But when we stop and hear the bing and go look at the email, we're conning ourselves to believe, oh, I'm just going to look at the email. Then I'm going to go right back to what I was working on. That there's studies out there. It's 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, it, there's it, it isn't that easy. So as simple as this sounds, because I, I haven't written a book on this, but with this particular uh, client, we actually went into the settings and just changed it from, uh, I think it was every 30 minutes, it would allow her to know what emails had been accumulating, as opposed to that instant bing the moment they hit her mailbox. And simple as that sounds, it actually really helped her. But, but that, that's as far as I got at it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting some of the hooks and the the tools that are available to us within our technology, like you just said, setting up your system to only grab email every 30 minutes, um, uh, setting up rules in your email system to move spam to one place or to a whole nother person or redirecting certain emails. I mean, there are so many different ways to set up communication systems nowadays. However, setting them up requires slowing down and being mm. intentional about the setup phase also. If we rush through that, we're gonna create gaps in those systems and those gaps are gonna be distracting and take us right back to where we started. Yeah, and folks, if you're listening, you're starting to hear a theme, it's almost becoming a mantra at this point. The man is telling us all to slow down individual influence, finding the I in team. I'm already, I can already sense the, one of the themes is slow it all down a little bit. Okay. It, you know, it's not lost on me. Uh, let's talk about balance a little bit. Okay. And um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I wrote a book. I won't give you the title because this is, I want to hear about your book, but the book dealt with some balance issues and I signed Thousands of them. Keep it all in balance. Keep it all in balance. Keep it all in balance. Great mantra. Great theme. Slow down is going to help us. But how? Any other thoughts to 
achieve balance. We want it. I, most people won't debate it. It's a matter of, can we achieve it? Yeah, I think, you know, we struggle with balance for the same reasons we've already been talking about. Life mm -hmm. goes by so fast. And, right. Um, uh, it takes me back to why I moved to Oregon in 2004. I had zero balance in my life and I had a new son and a daughter and uh, life was throwing just going by me. And I looked up one day and here's a four-year-old, a 10-year-old and a kid in college. And uh, I was lost. Uh, slowing down was a start, having focus, being intentional about yourself. Uh, so one of the things we talk about is you have to be your best self before you can be your best for others. And that's not a selfish thing. Being your best self means prioritizing, um, those personal things, your family, uh, yourself, your family, uh, spending that time with them, making that time quality. In the book, we talk about how to set up your home environment to be less distracting. Also, not having your cell phone at the dinner table is, you know, we could start at the very easy and basic ones. Having a single place in your office or in your home where you do work when you do it. So you're not doing that in front of your children or your wife. You're doing it away from them um, so that when you're around them, you can be more intentional and have more focus on them. Um being open with your family that you want this balance and when you decide that you put on those blinders and you get that uh, comfortable focus and you start to ignore your family that it's okay if they remind you that you're striving towards balance and have some transparency about this struggle with the people around you and get some help uh, in changing your behaviors to introduce more balance in your life. Yeah, and I think you hit it when you threw in there help. Uh, you know, to me, as a as a a road warrior and as a guy that's got you know over two and a half million miles in the air in my career, uh, and a guy who was out of balance for many years, and and very blessed and fortunate to have a wife that helped me get back in balance. I think for me, and and you tell me if I'm wrong on this. I think one of the first battles we have is admitting that we're out of balance. Uh, it's ourselves. You look in the mirror and I, I forgot the quote, but you know, I've seen the enemy and it is me. <laughs> uh, that's one of the hard ones. And I, it's almost like, you know, an AA uh, alcoholics anonymous of you know, we first, we have to admit that we have a problem. Uh, a lot of people don't admit, don't, don't see it. The people around them, the people who love them do. Uh, what if you don't have that that structure and we I don't have we, we, ha, that's a tough one for people you know hard, hard to fix a problem when you don't know it's a problem yeah you know we address these issues in the book uh um individual influence isn't just what we do to others it's what we do to ourselves. and we have a couple of chapters that go to the heart of what you just said one's called who am i and we talk about our ego and self-reflection looking at yourself in the mirror and that's in your internal mirror, um, thinking about your roots and what influenced you to be who you are today. One of our beliefs, and it's the truth, but one of the things we're trying to get people to understand is at this moment in time, you are an accumulation of every influence up to this moment. That's people, that's what you've done. It's left something with you and it is part of who you are. So understanding that 
is really important. Understanding who you want to be uh, is really important. Uh, understanding self-deception and how we deceive ourselves and say, oh, I'm okay, or I'm not out of balance, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. Um, listening to our intuition and having better clarity about ourselves. We talk about all of these things uh, uh, in our fourth chapter. And then in the foundation chapter, we dive even deeper into self-awareness. What are our habits? What is our character? What is our perception of reality? And then at the end, we talk about empathy. Empathy has to start with self first. And if we can be empathetic with ourselves about where we came from and the struggles we've had, we have a much better chance of being empathetic to those around us. And when we get to that point, balance starts to really happen. That's really well said. In Individual influence, finding the I in team. I'm assuming I can get that at any online bookstore, Amazon, et cetera. That's right, Rob. It's yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the all the major ones. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, do you have an audio book on it? We do. We have nice. an ebook. We have an audio book. Matt Kelly is mm -hmm. our voice, and he is amazing. And uh, we're so proud to have him. And uh, it's really an easy listen with him reading it. Outstanding. Good. All right. So there's no excuse for you not to go out there and either read this book or listen to this book or put it on your tablet. But we're talking about things that are really important here. And one of the reasons why I wanted to book Brian is because I'm his client. I happen to have lived this. I, I told myself many lies. I, um, I, I didn't know I was lying. I looked at my calendar and every time I'd hear, but you're on the road so often, I'd say in two and a half months, it all lightens up. But coincidentally, for professional speakers, we're typically booked about two and a half to three months in advance. Uh, it, it's it's a con job that we play with ourselves. And the sad part is, is frequently we're unconsciously incompetent. In other words, we don't know that we don't know. We're not we're not aware of it. And that's why it's it's nice to have others and listen to others around us. So to have a book on this that, that talks about this and applies process behaviors is 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 just one of the most wonderful things and a great gift that you could give somebody whether they're in the eye of the storm or waiting at home for the person who's in the eye at the storm so um and and you know one other thing you say brian which i like is um, in sales we call it a with them what's in it for me uh, but you say in your book that if we do this if we uh, accomplish these goals if we slow down we can accomplish more. That's what we call a whiffum. Not only what's in it for me is we hold that family and keep them functional, but we can accomplish more. Sell that to this audience a little bit more on how we accomplish more by slowing down. Yeah, that, you know, it sounds hard until you put it this way. When we go fast, we miss things. Uh, things become a blur. We don't have situation awareness. We make mistakes. And we oftentimes say, well, I fix my stakes, uh, my mistakes. I, you know, I address them head on. The time it takes to do that, the time it takes to slow down, fix a mistake, restart, come back, and then do it again and again and again is way more invasive and way less efficient than if we just slow down to a point where we could do it right the first time. And we don't miss things. We don't take things out of context as often. We understand people better. There's better clarity. The work product gets better. Um, 
you could I could go on and peel the onion through any one of those and continue to build on the value of slowing down. It just makes the process cleaner. And when it's cleaner, it's faster. And when it's faster, it's more valuable to us. Makes sense to me. Um, and then some. Um, and there's your whiffum, folks. Now, I can't let you go without asking about one other piece. Needless to say, we live in a polarized environment. How can we, how can we operationalize empathy to help us overcome differences? And I'm talking about political and mainly, but we can talk about gender. But how do we do that in the workplace? Yeah, you know, um, so one of the things we added uh, to our book was this thing about bias. And then it came right after our chapter of individualism. And in the United States and around the world, individualism is thought of as almost narcissistic and selfish. And we don't look at it that way. Um, as we move through life, think about what's important. And what I mean by that is when we're by ourselves, the color of somebody's skin, the gender, their sexual preference, they just don't matter. When we get into a team or a group of people working towards a common goal, what matters is the goal. There is no need to think about all those other things that are distractions because they have nothing to do with the end result. Now, I'm sure there's some very enterprising people out there that can come up with some situations where they could say, well, gender matters here or race matters there. But the reality is, is that if the goal is world peace, has nothing to do with gender, uh, race or anything else. It has to do with humans getting along and accepting each other for the uniqueness that we are. And the fact that we're all working towards one goal, which is uh, a viable, happy life that allows us to live in a free society and freedom's messy, but it's way better than the alternative of dictatorial ships or what we get when we have this polarization, which is one side telling another what to do. And that's not freedom, that's dictatorship. So think about these things a little bit more about why you have the bias and where they come from. What What is driving you to have a bias against whatever it is that you're biased against. What's the root cause of it? And is it real? Does it really affect you and your life goals? And I think most people would learn if they slowed down and got that into focus that those particular things are actually superficial to what your real personal goals are. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I... I um deal with trying to change the minds of other people. And I'm asked a similar question. I was, I, I wrote that question down for you because I really, uh, I wanted to hear how you handled it because I get that question a lot myself. And uh, because I'm supposed to be the guy that can help people change people's minds. And uh, you know, the bottom line, there's a lot, it, it, you know, we've got a few days, we can put some process behaviors behind it, but I love the way you address that. And you know, the way I hit it is in a similar way. I, I tell people, particularly when it becomes a political question, uh, everyone is so dug in on their own views and, and ideas, but but I'm going to change your mind on this idea. 
Uh, I think the root, the, the rule, I, th- I, I think really, if you want to do that, you have to be willing to have your mind changed. And you want to engage in that kind of conversation. That's fine. But if you're going to sit down at that table, the rule should be, I'm open for change as well. And if we both sit down with and, and follow that, maybe we can hear each other a little bit more. But usually it's I have my fingers in my ears, but I'm going to I'm going to make you change the way you think. It's impossible. Can't do it that way. It just doesn't work. Yeah, when you start a conversation like that, you're already headed in the wrong direction. And you're right. And it's such a great way to approach conflict is you know, how can I go into this conflict with an idea that I might come out of it believing what the other side believes in? And and how do I get there? And when we right. think that way, um, we're looking for reasons to believe in that person. We have empathy to how they feel, and we're looking for something that we can get a hold of. And yeah. we're asking questions that clarify how we might get a finger hold and a finger hold goes to a handhold and a handhold goes to a hug and it goes past it. So you have to, if you can approach conflict that way, whatever that conflict is, you can move yourself forward. You may change and you may fall back where you are, but when you do that, the other person might start to in kind treat you the same way. Love it. Love it. We're on the same page on that one for sure. And, um, and, you know, we we handle that one in about four and a half minutes, four minutes. But that's a big piece. That's, that's really a major piece. Personally, professionally, it gets in a lot of people's way. So um, I'm glad we got that one out on the table. Uh, let's let's come down the home stretch with two last questions. All right. One of them, one of them would be this. If you could go back, go back in the Wayback Machine and, uh, and, and meet a uh, Brian Circa, 25 years old. What would you get? Give me one or two things that you'd tell him, uh, whisper in his ear uh, that you've learned. But you only get one or two. Yeah, well, the first one is, is uh, get out of your own way. So the the younger we are, the more arrogant we are and our ego gets in a way. We actually talk about ego in our book. And I actually outline some of the ways at that time frame that you just asked me to go back to that I got in my own way. I ruined friendships. I ruined business relationships. I got in my own way. And the second thing is, is to listen to your elders. Um, they really do have some experience, especially those elders that are in the areas of influence that you're moving through and uh, that have been there doing the things that you want to do and they've been successful already. Listen to them. And when you listen to them, they'll probably listen to you back. And that's how evolution happens in industry or in business or whatever it is your particular area of influence is you start to work together. When you don't listen to them, there's just walls and nobody moves forward. You know, I have to tell you, I'm not so, it's such a wide open question, but I honestly think I would, that second point you just make, just made, I really believe if you forced me into that question, I'd say the exact same thing. And at 25, I had uh, the arrogance of, well, how, who says that person knows more than me? And which you know, that's arrogance is a nice word for it, by the way. Uh, 
But the reality is just live, just the experiences. People who are now, even in my career, the experiences that we've had, the successes and failures, and hopefully the conscious knowledge that's learned from each one, that's what does it. And that's why we really need to pay attention to people who have lived these experiences. And, um, I, you know, 25 is a wonderful age. Um, and I'm not, I'm not beating up on my, my younger audience here. I'm just saying, pay attention to those who have been there and done that. Because even if they did it wrong, they learn from it, I can assure you. All right, last question. Uh, a mentor or two uh, that, that has shaped, oh, and one, one last thing. I really thought one of the two is going to be slow down. So you disappointed me a little bit on that one, but I was talking to a 20, you know, to a 25 year old, you uh, mentors, uh, one or two mentors that have that shaped your life that really had an impact. Yeah. So the early mentor I talk about in the book is Jack Danger. And he's the one that gave me a job when I quit the big six accounting firm that I walked away from and allowed me an opportunity to get into the business that brought me to where I am today. I actually listened to him, but I was actually younger than 25 when that happened. And I was scared out of my mind and didn't know what I was going to do. So I didn't feel I had anything to do but listen to learn. And Jack laid a foundation for me that was built on the structure I got from the military added to the education I got in school and uh, gave me something that I could build what we have today on, uh, which was basically be your best self and you'll be the best for others. And then second to that is actually somebody who I, I don't have a relationship with. His name is, I'll just say his first name's Wayne. Uh, people that know me know who I'm talking about. He was a business partner uh, that I had that was older than I. And he was amazingly successful and I never listened to him and he's amazingly successful today, but I learned so much about operating a larger business from him. And even though I didn't listen to him at that time, when we went our different ways, the first thing I did when our company started to grow was fall back on everything that he taught me about managing people in a larger organization. And I actually fell back on top of the uh his business acumen and some of the things that he shared with me some of which is slowing down having focus having situational awareness being your best self uh, having empathy listening to learn and he reinforced all of that i just didn't realize it until after he was out of my life he's a heck of a guy i'm curious does this mystery wayne know the impact that he had on you i uh, you know this is this is uh interesting um i've actually sent him a couple of notes that said that uh i don't know i don't know if he reads them or if he doesn't read those notes i don't know if he reads our books i don't know uh i don't know much and i haven't tried much be beyond that but uh um we have some similar friends and those friends know exactly how i feel about that relationship and it wouldn't surprise me if they've said something to him but that doesn't mean that he listens to them he could also just say i don't want to know well okay well maybe just a little nudge from rob jollis <laughs> maybe you pick up the phone <laughs> uh maybe make that call yeah but uh that sounds like a, a, a 
really important person in your life. And uh, I think, you know, before it's too late, you want to tie that, that, that up a little bit, but uh, just a thought and I'll move off of that, but, um, and, and go, listen, you've been a terrific guest, really enjoyed it. Uh, individual influence, finding the I and team audio, video, ebook, uh, but but my audience knows, and here it comes, we, you know, buying the book is, is half the story. You're going to read it, and then you're going to write a, a review on that book, because that's what we authors really like. And uh, algorithms don't lie. Amazon seems to like them, too. So uh, go ahead and put the cherry on the Sunday there and um, not only get yourself a copy, but read it, implement the ideas that you're getting from there. And these are, I, you know, I love the way it's not easy author to author it is not easy to travel between personal and business with with a lot of ideas but this is the classic book a classic title that should and does just that so you really um i, I i'm not sure who i'd recommend not getting this book to so um go grab a, a copy of this book and make sure that you put a nice review on there um it means it means a great deal um, how do people get a hold of you, Brian? Well, our website is iabusinessadvisors.com. And, or you can send me an email. I am very transparent. It's Brian at iabusinessadvisors.com. And those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Good. Well, we'll have that uh, on the site. So um, uh, if you missed it, just go to the site. You'll see it on there. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. I'm very grateful and, uh, and thanks for being on the show. Truly. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it too. Well, we'll do it again as well as we can next time until then, everybody stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.